0: Cancer is primarily a preventable disease.
1: I grew up in a family of scientists. My father, late uh, Dr. Mirko Beljanski, was a biologist in molecular chemistry. And uh, he was working at the Pasteur Institute and the CNRS, which was the French equivalent of NIH. And he was really at the forefront of this movement back in the 80s uh, to look at uh, natural solutions rather than just drugs that can be patented to find a solution to cancer. He found a number of natural compounds that helped a lot of people. My father's products uh, ultimately held former president François Mitterrand. In 1993, Mitterrand was diagnosed with advanced prostate cancer and no one thought that he was going to be able to finish his second term. But he took the products, and again, all odds, he finished his second term. But a number of very powerful people uh, linked to Big big Pharma, linked to the French government, were absolutely infuriated to see that some natural products could do better than what they had envisioned and predicted. With, with all the drugs they have. After Mitterrand finally passed away, my father was arrested. They sent a SWAT team to destroy my father, destroy his laboratory, destroy every evidence of this work and how this work could make a difference in people's lives. There is a very good sentence in English, it's follow the money. Big Pharma is an industry, everything that is not invented there and is not patentable is of no interest to them.
0: If we take care of ourselves, if we eat a healthy, whole food, nutrient-dense diet, if we get exercise and sunshine every day and we sleep seven to nine hours of good sleep each night and we reduce our toxic burden, we add in some of these natural plants and extracts and teas every day, we know that most cancers can be prevented.
1: That's where I started to understand the importance of my, uh, my father's discoveries and I felt that they belong to the world.
0: Simple things. I mean, it's amazing how simple it is to actually be healthy and yet how confused most people are. And I think most of that is just because, you know, of profiteering corporations
1: having a good knowledge of about natural resources and what we can do at our level without taking drugs all the time is getting more and more important.
2: So welcome Sylvie, welcome Nathan to Speaking Naturally and what we do in speaking naturally, as you know, is is talk about natural things. And sometimes we do talk about natural things that others perhaps are not talking a lot about. And um, right at the heart of this is that I am super excited to be going across in October to a meeting with the Beljansky Foundation. And the meeting is all about a subject that is very close to many people, which is cancer. And, and of course, there is a huge amount of work going on in cancer. And I think many are concerned, particularly amongst our audience, of the fact that the public is still largely being offered chemotherapy, radiotherapy and surgery. And there are, of course, a huge number of other things going on in the Beljansky Foundation um, that was really kicked off through the incredible work of Sylvie's father Mirko um, excuse the pronunciation of that is uh, roughly right um, who who many of us have, have heard about for years um, was really one of the founding fathers of looking at novel and interesting ways of dealing with cancer that work with nature. Rather than against it. so Sylvie and Nathan and Nathan, just just very quickly by way of introduction, Nathan and I did a podcast. I was on Nathan's podcast last week. It's now my turn to interview him. Um, Nathan has one of the biggest podcasts uh, in the US um, and is an absolute gleaming example of natural living. Uh, Nathan, the work that you've done to change people's lives is, is fantastic as well. So welcome to speaking naturally, both of you. Thank you. Thanks, Robert. Happy to be here. Thanks for doing this. Perfect. So Nathan, I'm going to kick off with you. Um, Tell us a bit about the event in October in Jacksonville, Florida.
0: So it's the Beljansky Integrative Cancer Conference. So anybody who has any concern at all about cancer, whether you've been told it runs in your family, maybe you're dealing with a cancer diagnosis, maybe you want to prevent cancer, you want to learn what you can do about cancer, or you're a doctor, a physician, or a health coach, and you want to help patients or clients who are struggling with cancer and want to learn the most evidence-based, effective, natural, holistic, and integrative solutions for cancer prevention and cancer treatment, then this is the conference. I highly recommend that you attend. There are a couple of dozen world-class speakers, physicians, functional medicine doctors, holistic practitioners who are speaking. There are TED-style talks. There are workshops, Uh, great vendors and sponsors, great leading-edge, cutting-edge products that are going to be there for you to sample and experience and learn about, as well as a great community of people who are all really interested in natural health and learning about what's working when it comes to Cancer prevention and cancer healing, as you mentioned a moment ago, you know our conventional, our modern conventional approach—chemotherapy, radiation, surgery—is it's not working as uh, conventional medical medical doctors and scientists would hope. It's it's simply not. It's causing more harm than good, and the evidence of that is the continued proliferation of cancer, the continued explosion of of cancer diagnoses around the world and the 10 million people around the globe who are dying every single year from cancer and we know even cancer.gov says 95 percent of cancer is not hereditary we know it is primarily a preventable disease and people are not not only being taught how to prevent cancer which we have the research and the the know-how of how to prevent it with diet and lifestyle solutions but they're not being taught what they can do naturally or in adjunct to conventional therapy, if that's what people choose. And that's what they're gonna learn at the conference is not only what the you know the, the diets and lifestyle changes you can make, but what are some of the leading edge solutions and science and cutting-edge products and, and resources that, that you can utilize to improve your health? For us, it's about improving the quality of your health. So the experience is gonna be amazing, inspiring uplifting, there's awards, there's a Friday night gala dinner, there's comedy, there's entertainment, it's a great community. Um, But it's also for a great cause, which Sylvie can talk about, uh, where it's uh, all of the funds that are raised from the conference are actually going towards a really amazing um, uh, cancer research project. So uh, I'm excited. I hope people come and attend either online or in person. Um, if you can get there in person, it's going to be even that much better. But there are virtual tickets as well, and it's again, it's the Beljansky Integrative Cancer Conference, and I know it's going
2: to be just an amazing, life changing experience. Absolutely. So, Nathan, it, it is fascinating, is, is it not? When you look at a disease that is um, in many parts of the world becoming the number one killer, we have as a, as society thrown billions and billions and dollars. At cancer one of the most uh, prolific areas of of health research it seems that we as human beings have difficulties in dealing with complex problems and um i think you know uh, sylvia i'm going to just ask you because anyone who's looking at a solving a problem has to understand what the problem is and so coming Back to the Beljanski Foundation's view on cancer itself, this complex of diseases. Yeah. Um, where are you at? There's, there's, you know, obviously there's been a huge emphasis looking at oncogenes and genetic origins. But as Nathan has just yeah. said, more than ninety percent linked to the environment. Um, there are six, seven, eight different theories um, running around. The metabolic theory is obviously one of the um, more interesting recent theories, but um, there are also theories about um, uh, microorganisms being pivotal as triggering mechanisms. So just take us through from the foundation's perspective on how you see cancer. What is this disease all about? Oh, uh
1: thank you. Uh, actually, it I love starting with with the beginning because it's all started with my father, uh, who was a PhD. Uh, Doctor Mirko Bajanski was a PhD in molecular biology. Uh, he worked for years and years at the Pasteur Institute in in Paris, and he was one who offered a different idea. Offer a different. Explanation of the causation of cancer back in the eighties, when that was a su- subject that was absolutely taboo back back at the time. The, the the chromosome had just been discovered, the double helix was discovered in, in the in the sixties, and uh, it was uh, it was something all the scientists around the world. So that it was all. All the, everything genetic would explain every disease and that would be the, convey the solution for every treatment. And my father looked at uh, at that and he said, "Uh uh-uh, there is something else before, of course you can have a genetic uh, modification mutation, but there is something else that triggers cancer. And that is, our environment, the toxins in our environment modify a cell at the level of the chromosome. Yes, at the level of the chromosome. But he made the observation that whether you look at human cells, animal cells, or uh, cells from vegetables, there is always the same difference between a cancer cell and a healthy cell. In a cancer cell, the two uh, strands of the helix are not kept together, they are opened and the hydrogen bonds, supposed to keep the strands together, have broken. And that happens when the chromosome is in contact with some environmental toxins. So my father developed a test, he called at the time test, to check which environmental toxins were inducing this change. And then he went on to test if there were natural compounds around there that would do exactly the opposite, recognize the the cells whose chromosome has been changed and prevent selectively the duplication of those cells. And he was able to found a number of natural compounds, able to do just that. And the beauty of those compounds is that they recognize the cells which have, whose DNA has been destabilized. But then you stop thinking of cancer in terms of prostate or ovaries or pancreas. You start thinking of cells which have been destabilized wherever, wherever they are located. So you stop thinking of you know male, female. It's it's not relevant anymore. You have now natural products that go to the cells which have been which have turned abnormal wherever they are located. And
2: because people are going to be desperate to know what molecules, natural molecules, was your father most interested in before you go on, because and and also when you weave in that answer. What made your father look to nature? Most people working at a molecular biological level are going, well, you know, what what can we make to that will carry a patent that will make us rich forever in a day? Why was your father looking at nature?
1: Well, he was a true env- environmentalist before his time. And he saw that if nature, with all the, the toxics that can come in our environment, uh, can induce cancer, there, was, there must be somewhere around the world uh, natural molecules able to do the opposite. And uh, he, he, he found uh, Pau Pereira, which comes from the Amazon rainforest, the Revolfia vomitoria that comes from, from Africa needs to be, the Revolfia needs to be purified because otherwise it comes with a very uh, toxic molecule called reserpine. So you have to make sure that you have a, a Revolfia extract, which is reserpine free. Uh, but to go back and finish with to what I, I was saying, the selectivity of action as some extra, let's, I would say collateral beauty. Uh, which is since it's going only to address damaged cells, it's not going to touch healthy cells. So if it doesn't touch healthy cells, you have no toxicity, no side effect. It just addresses cancerous cells. And therefore, you have a product that addresses a lot of different kinds of cancer, and without toxicity, without side effects.
2: So, what happened to the runaway industry that should have been backing those products and delivering them to the masses?
1: They hated it. They hated it. They wanted to destroy it, and they almost succeeded. They destroyed the man. They destroyed the laboratory. And I but
2: tell us about that, Sylvie. That, that this is fascinating because we we deal with a situation where you only have to, uh, Nathan and I were talking about this last week, look at any record, whether you're looking at criminal proceedings or settlements, the pharmaceutical industry is one of the most corrupt industries the planet has ever seen. And um, a lot of people just blindly accept that these are the people we're going to entrust in making the molecules that they use to manage their health. It's just a a belief-driven trust they're told by their doctors these are the people who produce the the products and they don't fully compute that the um the background to this industry and of course within that industry are a whole bunch of incredibly good well-meaning people so we don't mean to taint everyone within it but there are some dastardly things that have have happened and someone like your father must have been at the heart of that and people will be Very interested just to hear a bit of detail about what actually happened.
1: Well, as I just told you, I mean, the the molecules, the plant extracts that he perfected, Paupera and Ravolfia vomitoria uh, are effective at inhibiting the development of cancerous cells wherever they are located without side effects, without toxicity. So as he published, he got the interest of a lot of doctors. was in France, a lot of French doctors started to uh, get involved and prescribe those molecules. And uh, at the, uh, this, this some point, the former French president, François Mitterrand, was diagnosed with uh, advanced prostate cancer. The surgeon performed the surgery and said the sp- cancer had spread everywhere and uh, the president will probably not be able to finish his second term. Terms were seven years at the time in France. So Mitterrand was put basically under morphine and the country was getting ready for uh, anticipated elections. But Mitterrand had a mistress. The mistress knew of a good doctor who had uh, good results on prostate cancer by using my father's products. And Mitterrand started to take the products. And against all odds, as we know, he was able to uh, get better and better and finish his second term. But, you know, the president taking natural products and uh, beating a very public diagnosis that was giving to natural compounds uh, a promotion that the, 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 the health uh, governor, I mean, the health minister uh, co- could not, could not handle. They just wanted to eradicate the news. So they had to make that disappear. And that's what they did in the months for actually fi- following Mitterrand final, uh, the passing of Mitterrand, which happened after he finished his second term.
2: Absolutely shocking and, and, and what was the what were the consequences for your father?
1: Oh, they said they sent a squad team uh, on in 90 October 96 uh, to destroy the laboratories. they unplugged the, the refrigerator in, in which there was everything to perform the onco test to test for molecules uh, to have been taken years for my my parents, to develop this test and to have all the material uh, they needed to perform run the test, Uh, and they indicted my father, they indicted my mother, they indicted all the doctors and pharmacists who were working with them. They they terrorized uh, everybody and uh, they had my father stay in the laboratory uh, overnight uh, instead of bringing him to the judge, as they should have. And uh, they uh, sent people to spray the laboratory with some unknown chemical. uh, As of today, I still don't know what it was. And a few months later, my father was diagnosed with um, acute myeloid leukemia.
2: Wow. And how old were you? You, 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 you were a practicing lawyer at that time. Were you? Yes, did, I, I, did you I, did you get involved legally to protect your father at that point?
1: So, yes. So I, I was never got involved into science before. I thought that was not for me. Uh, I have four generations of scientists behind me. I said it's time to break free, and uh, I. Uh, b- but when I learned that my. F- Parents were both uh, indicted that way. I mean, I of course rushed to uh, organize their legal defense, and I was, as I was diving into the file, I the cover up of the French government became more and more apparent. And then I was like, "What? Why is this cover up? What are they trying to hide?" And uh, the, 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 the judge was not also giving to my, to my father a day in court to to explain itself and clear his name. It was just dragging on and dragging on and dragging on and refusing uh, every, every examination of the products that could clear my father and terminate this, this case. What they were really wa- wanted is to get ri- rid of him, and uh, actually they, they did in a matter of months. I-, I took the case to the European Court of Human Rights, uh, and we won an unanimous decision, uh, Belgianski against France. Uh, unfortunately, too late for my father to see it. But it, it was obvious for me uh, that uh, the most important for my father was not so much a legal proceeding. Yes, he passed away. Uh, but the most important was his uh, scientific work, his scientific legacy. And that's why uh, I started this non-for-profit organization in in New York, the Belzharsky Foundation, to carry on with the research. That's
2: amazing. We'll come come to that. Just before I go back to Nathan, um, presumably there was no criminal conviction ever found against your father. Um, in other words, there were no grounds for any of the tax that, that, that he suffered, is that, is that right?
1: No there, was no, there was no conviction. I mean, he, he died before being, uh, having his day in court. They dragged the day in court forever, and he passed away before that, which <laughs> <laughs> they did not have to, to judge or, or, or uh, admit that he had no wrongdo- done no wrongdoing
2: so i mean nathan this is this is i'm sure because of your close work with the biljanski foundation you've you've heard this before but it is always harrowing is it not to to hear and of course you can multiply that story um you know many many times over with many of the researchers um can you give some insights from your own experience you you're working with with practitioners but you're also working with um um, with citizens around the u s and and further afield um dealing with cancer, where are we in terms of the kind of role that the cancer establishment, if we're going to use that term, plays in relation to um, you know, citizens' sense of of empowerment, that cancer is something that they can actually work with. It's not necessarily a death sentence, and actually that um, natural ways of living and natural treatments are a very very large part of the solution well what happened to Sylvie's father was
0: devastating and, and incredibly sad and unfortunately it seems to happen more and more to people who are doing real incredible work in helping uh bring real solutions to the chronic diseases we face and we saw this if if people weren't aware that this was happening, where you're being gaslit, you're being lied to by mainstream media, conventional doctors are not being taught uh, what we ourselves as independent researchers are researching and learning about with the effectiveness and safety of natural medicine for cancer and other diseases, if millions and millions of people were not aware of this during COVID, I believe tens of millions, if not more, finally, became aware of the fact that, you know, mainstream media is primarily funded by pharmaceutical companies, which we know, uh, certainly in the United States, um, and that people are being lied to every single day at um, for the influence of power and control and money. And they're not being told or taught what you can do to empower yourself to prevent and heal disease, because it's not a big moneymaker, right? these two natural substances that the beljanci foundation has been researching based on uh sylvie's continued work of her father's scientific research uh revolfia vomitoria and palperaria among uh some others uh, some some incredible green teas and so forth showing multiple mechanisms of action against cancer cells proliferation angiogenesis you know uh, and and other um mechanisms of action uh, natural uh, uh solutions for cancer cells, these would be wonder drugs that would make billions and billions of dollars. But because the pharmaceutical company is not interested in actually curing people, that's why you know all of these unfortunate other nonprofits out there that are raising bill- literally hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars for the past decades, have not cured cancer and they never will there never will be a drug that cures cancer in my opinion because that's not how it works it's not it's you, you don't have cancer because you have a deficiency of drugs you have cancer because uh, our bodies are polluted with toxins because the damage to the mitochondria because the downstream effect of that which is the dna damage according to otto warburg which is the the theory of the mitochondrial uh damage which switches the healthy cell to uh, a fermentative cell leads to aerobic glycolysis and then the cancer cell ferments and becomes a high basically uh in a need to survive in a very ineffective energy production cell it's searching for continuous amounts of glucose and then it spreads rapidly none of that happens because we have a deficiency of drugs and there's no drug that's actually going to fix that but from a holistic viewpoint we know and we have you know, in the in the 17 years I've been in natural health, in the decade plus that I've specifically focused as an independent researcher um, uh, for, uh, for cancer, and the hundreds and hundreds of people I've talked to who uh, have dealt with cancer, overcome cancer, and the hundreds of doctors that I've talked to who have helped thousands of patients dealing with cancer and healing from cancer naturally, it takes a holistic approach. It takes understanding what is causing the cancer at a cellular level, and then what can we do to change it? And that's where it does become empowering. Number one, realizing that what the government's telling us, what the mainstream media is telling us, and unfortunately, even what most of our, um, many of them kind-hearted, intelligent medical doctors are telling us simply is not true. And the problem with conventional medicine today is that in the universities where they are getting their degrees in oncology majority of the textbooks are funded by the pharmaceutical companies this is not a conspiracy people can research this and find it on its own go look at where does the funding come from for the top universities that teach medical doctors about disease Majority of that funding comes from pharmaceutical companies. So guess what these doctors are learning? They're learning pharmacology. They're learning how to do drugs and surgery and radiation. They are not learning about natural medicine. They're not learning about the 80,000 peer reviewed published abstracts in the top journals out there that show safety and efficacy of natural medicine for treating these diseases. They simply don't learn it. They have a few hours on diet and nutrition. They learn about vitamin C for scurvy, which was You know, we we've known that for decades. Um, but they're not taught how to actually treat the whole human. They're taught how to look at the disease as the problem, but we have to remember the disease is the symptom. The disease is a symptom of a host of underlying root causes that led to that disease expressing itself in the body. So Mm -hmm. to understand this is to empower ourselves to number one, Hey, uh, maybe the medical doctors aren't bad. They just don't know what they don't know. And two, what does cause cancer? And that's why we're doing this conference and the work we're doing so people can learn about this and learn about all the things in your home and your environment and your food and your lifestyle that are causing the cancer and the proliferation of you know, the top chronic diseases we experience today, cancer, heart disease, diabetes, autoimmune disease. And then what can we do about it? What are these natural compounds? What are the natural solutions? What's the diet change? The lifestyle changes? How can we uh, enhance and upregulate our sympathetic nervous system? Which is really the biggest key when it comes to cancer is how do we turn on our natural innate cancer fighting abilities within our bodies? And we can do that. We have the ability to upregulate our immune system mm-hmm. and the immune system's gonna go out and seek and find and destroy cancer cells and other damaged cells in the body
2: that's what it does in in conjunction with the lymphatic system and the digestive system and of course and, the, uh, the flip the flip side is that. that how do we stop our bodies from turning those systems off because on an every day of the week when we're not getting a raging uh you know uh, cancer we 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 ba- that system is working very very well thank you very much so we have a we have a bit of a disconnect do we not, in terms of what's happening in some of the mainstream areas? um, I've been for 15 years the scientific advisor to the um, key UK-based integrative um, cancer charity, Yes to Life. And um, when I started meeting um, patients who were part of that group, some of them receiving integrative treatments, other receiving only natural treatments, one of the standing. Uh, findings for me was that many of the people I was I was meeting at these conferences maybe 400 people strong many of them had stage four cancer but they looked entirely healthy yeah and it was it's something that people don't realize with this concept of losing your hair and looking really really sick um shifting to palliative care um as a matter of course once you've been uh, you know, designated as a stage four cancer patient is something that people just assume that is the way of cancer.
0: Well, that's what I thought. I thought yeah. that when, you know, when my grandfather was diagnosed with cancer, and this was back in 2012 when I went to visit him, even before that point, I never thought that much about it. And when I was a kid, you know, my best friend's aunt was diagnosed with cancer. We went to, she was healthy and she was active, you know, I, quote unquote, healthy um but she was active and she had energy and she had great cognition and then she had and then she was diagnosed with cancer and the next time we saw her she was bald and skinny and frail and painful and no energy it was like the life was taken out of her so as a kid I saw this woman who um was probably not living the healthiest lifestyle but who had life right and the next time I saw her she had cancer and then she's basically dying and then she did die. And so in my mind as a kid, and I think in the minds of most people today, cancer is associated with sickness and balding and losing your hair and frailty and low energy. But what I've been teaching people for the past 10 years, and and we we really need to understand this, that's not cancer, that's conventional treatment. Cancer doesn't make you bald and get frail and sick and basically die. Most people don't even die from cancer who have cancer. And in fact, in the 10 year studies, Uh, one, one of the largest things that people die from who are diagnosed with cancer is either some kind of infectious disease often they catch in the hospital because their immune system is weakened due to the chemotherapy and radiation but many of them actually die from heart disease which is true for type 2 diabetes as well they're not even dying from the cancer but we need to realize cancer doesn't cause that those symptoms that's chemotherapy and radiation You're losing your hair. You're getting sick. You're getting weak. And when I saw my grandfather go through the same thing in 2012, and then he passed away in 2013, it finally clicked. I said, cancer didn't kill him. It was the treatment that killed him. And I'm not against conventional treatment. There is some benefit to it in certain circumstances, but I wanted to learn everything I could about why this is happening and why this is still, you know, why is chemotherapy still the number one treatment methodology we use today, when the largest study that's ever been done on chemotherapy from the United States and Australia, with hundreds of thousands of people looked at 22 adult malignancies, and they only saw a 2.3% collective improvement rate of extending lifespan to five years, past five years. 2.3%- well. so, so,
2: Nathan, just b- before I go back to Sylvie, just tell me why it's confused me for a long time. Why, say, the Royal Marsden, which is the premier Cancer hospital in London um, still recommends, clearly not having listened to Otto Warburg or anyone, uh, Thomas Seafried or anyone else. Um, they recommend ice cream for cancer patients. And, and the ice. reason
0: is, is that in, uh, most doctors today say, eat whatever you want. So when I talk to cancer patients, I'm also a certified holistic cancer coach. What almost every one of them is told from their conventional oncologist is, diet has nothing to do with cancer. And if it did, then, you know, we, we, this is literally what they say. If it did, then we would eliminate cancer. Cancer wouldn't be a problem. And it makes you think you go, well, when you understand that diet has everything to do with cancer, you just, you know, you shake your head, but they don't know that. Our doctors are not trained on diet and nutrition. They're not trained on healing the body. They're trained on treating the symptom with pharmacology and with, you know, in attack approach and, the cancer is not the problem, and in many cases, uh, some of the top integrative oncologists today will tell you the cancer is actually saving your life. The, com- the tumor bundling up all of those cancer cells into one place is actually prolonging your life versus having it metastasize and spread everywhere all at once. And so the idea that the tumor is the problem, we need to cut it and burn it, radiate it, it's the enemy, it's, it's the wrong idea. We have to look at that, hey, this is a symptom of an underlying cause. Let's get to the roots. Let's pull those roots out, and then we'll address that issue. And that's what we're doing. I know that's what you've been doing for many years, Robert. It's a Sylvie it's, and the Bojansky Foundation has been doing for decades, and that's uh, a
2: And it's a, we see a similar picture. We look at um, the amyloid plaques in, in Alzheimer's or plaques in in atherosclerosis. It's it's a similar story. So, yeah, um, I, well, I, I would
1: say. I would say totally, it goes yeah. back to what we said previously about the connection between uh, pharmaceutical uh, companies uh, and the power of uh, dictating what kind of treatments we have. And therefore the doctors, at, the, at least at the hospital, because there are a lot of uh, good integrative doctors, more and more actually uh, are uh, out there. Uh, but. Uh, at the hospital, the goal looks more like pushing drugs than actually treating the, the patients, because otherwise they would see what everybody else is seeing. They, you cannot ignore the connection, for example, between diet and disease, but uh, or the causation of the disease. They don't look at it at all. They are only pushing drugs. To actually destroy tu- bl- bl- blast tumors. That's that's what the, they are in the business on.
2: Absolutely. So I, I'm very interested to find out what what happened to the onco test. Is it available? No, and,
1: it's uh, no it's no longer av- available. Uh, it took years for my parents to uh, to 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 obtain from surgeons. They were working with a little piece of uh, healthy pancreas and a cancerous pancreas, a little bit of healthy lung, cancerous lung. And they create kind of uh, a biblioteca of all all those tissues that they were able to use for tests. And it's what they did by unplugging the, the refrigerator was like putting the fire to uh, to 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 the great uh, uh, library in, uh, in in Egypt. I mean that Alexandria. It's the same thing.
2: Absol- absolutely shocking. So Sylvie, I know that the Beljanski Foundation is doing a lot of other things as well, and um, one of the big areas of research is stem cells. And obviously, the pharma- yes. pharmaceutical industry is also looking at stem cells, and they're looking at biologics and everything else. Um, Tell us about the research you're doing and and particularly how it's different from some of the work that that Pharma is engaged in with um, stem cells.
1: So one of the reasons why so many cancers do relapse and people people who have, have been diagnosed with cancer and are considered cancer survivors live in fear of a cancer relapse is because... Chemotherapy and radiotherapy do not destroy cancer stem cells. So cancer stem cells resist to the conventional treatment. The doctor is saying, oh, you are doing well, the the tumor is shrinking. And actually the most aggressive, the cancer stem cells do resist, they stay in the body, sometimes dormant for years, and at some, Someday, something triggers those cells and they create a new tumor and that's a metastasis or the relapse. So it is important to destroy those cancer stem cells to get rid definitively of cancer. And we we looked at those little wonder plant extracts, Paopera Rovolfia vomitoria, that my father had perfected, that are working on so many uh, cancer cell lines. Uh, And uh, what we saw with the research we have done at uh, Columbia University and Kansas University Medical Center over the past 15 years with the foundation is that those plant extracts are also working at different stages of cancer, from inflammation to full-blown cancer to advanced cancer, which doesn't respond to hormonotherapy. therapy. It's those little plant extracts remain effective at fighting all those cancer cells, and we said, why not trying on cancer stem cells? And we did with Kansas University Medical Center some preliminary research in vitro and in vivo. I have to say uh, in mice on pancreatic and ovarian cancer stem cells, and it worked. It worked, Uh, the the, the, the cancer stem cells disappear, Uh, metastasis are avoided in mice. So everything was published, everything is on the website of the foundation, Belchansky.org. And I wish more people get aware of of this research because it makes a world of difference to be able to, to address cancerous cells. So that's why we want to go beyond those uh, pre-millionary research and uh, look at breast cancer stem cells, because that's really the, the beginning.
2: And and where are you at with that? And, and And after that, I'd love you to touch on sustainability. Now, if this really catches on and you want to distribute these products to hospitals around the world, is there well, a way of doing that and cultivating and and providing the? support I, I, for
1: Actually, one the additional beauty is that it is uh, sustainable indeed. Uh, Pau Pereira is a tree in the Amazon rainforest that uh, whose bark is naturally shedding. and you can you can shave the the bark of the tree. and if you uh, leave twenty percent of the bark, it will regrow. So now we have working with kind of farmers in the Amazon rainforest, instead of destroying the trees for, for, for cattle, they see the value of taking care of their trees. They can come back to the tree on a regular basis, shave the bark again and again, and export the bark. And that makes a lot of sense for them now to take care and protect their environment. So I think we are doing good for the people and good for the planet. And for Rovolthia mitoria, it grows like a, a weed in Africa. So they're actually uh, very happy to get rid of their weed.
2: <laughs> oh, that That's fantastic. Um, great. So can we just talk a little bit more about um, the event in October? Because obviously the, the more people who get to hear specifically about solutions that are going to be transformational for, for their life. So it's, we're going to be looking beyond just the work of the Beljansky Foundation. What yes. kind of um, information are people going to be exposed to?
1: Before we leave the, la- the last word to to, to uh, Nathan, I would like to say that the uh, this event is going to be an opportunity to honour what you are doing and what you have been doing for the past twenty years at uh, the Alliance for Natural Health, uh, it it has been a, a blessing for the entire natural community to have uh, uh, an organization like yours present in in Europe, but also in the in the US to protect free speech and protect the availability of a number of natural compounds and natural vitamins. Thank, the world. thank you, you thank
2: that. you Sylvie and of course what what's fascinating is that Sylvie was you were in Europe at the time that we were taking actions to protect natural sources of, of vitamins back in uh, the early um, part of the millennium and yes. um, so you followed our work in Europe and then uh, and then also in the US and I'm now heading up the organization both sides of the pond the the, the problems, as we move to an ever more globalized society are now increasingly similar. Similar, yes. In many respects, America, because of the Constitution, because of the First Amendment and, dare I say, the Second Amendment, um, things don't happen in quite as authoritarian a way as they have tended to in some of the European member states. And um, um, having said that, there's also, in Europe, um, many people who are still deeply devoted to plant medicine and natural medicine, um, understanding um, that it is the kind of, uh, if you like, that the multifunctional, multi-system um, mode of action that is unique to plants um, that have co-evolved alongside human beings and other animals and also microbes, that gives them some of these seemingly miraculous powers that cannot be duplicated when you take an isolated, often new to nature molecule that may have borrowed some of the chemistry from from plant medicine, which is about the case for 75% or so pharmaceuticals. Um, Sylvie, thank you so much. So Nathan, do you want to just take us through? um, People are really going to want to learn lots of stuff That's going to make a difference to them their families and obviously there'll be a mix of people who are both cancer patients as well as practitioners what can people expect to learn
0: yeah um before that i do just want to ditto what sylvie said the the work that uh, you've done through alliance for natural health over the years is um astounding and we are honored to be uh, we very happy to be honoring you on behalf of the organization at the conference. So people want to come and see you in person and um, and see the, the award that you'll be receiving on behalf of your organization for the work that you've done uh, over the years in helping to bring this important, um, to bring natural health, it's important work around natural health to a larger audience. Uh, that's one of the things uh, that they'll get to experience, but that is a... Um, that's part of the awards ceremony that's uh, happening at the Friday night gala dinner fundraising event some of the you know what I can if I can for those who are watching and I can explain um I'll share my screen and just show you can you see my screen okay it's all there if people want to go and see all this for yourself and watch the video and look at the research project and all that you can go to integrativecancerconference.com But I'm just going to do a quick run through of some of the, you know, the overview of the schedule, the Friday night gala dinner, there's a five course organic meal, there's live music, there's an inspirational uh, presentation, there's going to be a comedian Swami beyond Ananda, we know how important laughter is for our own health and well being, as well as uh, the fundraising for the natural breast cancer stem cell scientific research that we're doing so highly encourage everyone To come to the dinner that friday night and then it's two days of conference uh saturday and sunday all day we have um, qigong and uh, guided practices in the morning we'll have presentations and vendors and book signings throughout the day Uh, lunch is included by the way a healthy delicious lunch buffet Um, and in the afternoon more presentations and vendors uh, and then dinner and then we have workshops Uh, That's both Saturday and Sunday, so it's a jam-packed schedule with a lot of uh, amazing speakers. I'll just highlight a few here for people. We've got Chris Wark, many people know, who healed himself naturally of colon cancer uh, that had spread, and they wanted to uh, continue with uh, chemotherapy and radiation. He denied it, found a natural approach, and he'll be teaching all the things that he's learned over the years being cancer-free for almost 20 years now. Uh, Brian Clement, uh, director of Hippocrates. Many people know him and Hippocrates actually here in Florida. Dr. Tony uh, Jimenez, Hope for Cancer Treatment Centers, Dr. Isaac Elias. Um, There are so many amazing speakers going to be here as well as Cancer Conquerors sharing their stories. Dr. Veronique Desanier, who also healed breast cancer uh, twice uh, following a natural approach. Um, and there will be speakers teaching on, you know, leading edge technologies and new scientific breakthroughs that help to enhance the immune system, that help to reduce chronic inflammation. Uh, we're also having a biologic, one of the top biological dentists in the world, Dr. Jerry Curatola, giving a presentation on the, the mouth um, and, and gut and immune system dysbiosis, the connection between what is going on with your teeth in your mouth and cancer. And this is like one of the most important topics that a lot of people don't know about. Uh, We have a good friend of mine, Dr. Marlene Siegel, who is a holistic integrated veterinarian. So, you, you know, cancer is actually worse now in our dogs than in human beings, and it never used to be that way. And she knows why, and she'll teach you how to take care of your loved ones, dogs and cats, and prevent cancer and help them fight off cancer. Dr. Henning Salpa, who is coming from Germany, he's a renowned German physician, a medical doctor, author of Holistic Cancer Medicine, teaching um, some of the things that he's learned in, as a practicing physician in Germany for decades. Uh, another good friend of mine, Dr. Thomas Lodi, flying in from Thailand, uh, also will be teaching on um, parasites and their role in cancer proliferation and what you can do about it. Uh, If anybody's heard of PEMFs, Pulse Electromagnetic Frequencies and wondering, do they actually help the body fight against cancer? Uh, How do they work? What's the right frequencies? All of that. We have Dr. Pollock, who's gonna be teaching on that. Um, Dr. Henry Ely, some of you may know, he's been at the forefront here in the United States of helping stand for our freedoms, our health freedoms. He's a brilliant doctor, naturopathic doctor, um and he'll be teaching on natural medicine for cancer and uh the list goes on <clears throat> so it's 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 really you know there's a lot of great speakers as you know it's benefiting it's it's a it's a i call it a party with a purpose um big purpose is educating inspiring people and learning the leading edge solutions for cancer prevention and healing but then it's also going towards uh, the cancer research project that we've spoken about so you know, I don't want to spend too much time on that. I just encourage people to go to their website, check it out for yourself. You can see the different ticket options. Um, Again, it's integrativecancerconference.com. Highly encourage you to be there in person. The hotel, uh, from what I know, can sell out. And so uh, make sure you book your rooms there. There's a discounted rate at the hotel where we're doing it. It's in Jacksonville, Florida. It's beautiful. 25 minutes from the... You know white sandy beaches on the Atlantic Ocean it's it's right downtown uh, right on the St. John's River it overlooks the river and there's a beautiful river walk that people can go out and take and and walk along the river while they're there. It's a great location there's um, uh, you know lots of food options within within a few minutes as well from the hotel so it's just going to be a great time and I hope people can come in person and if you can't there are virtual tickets available. Uh, that give you access to to everything as well, aside from obviously being there in person.
2: Well, I mean, you you need to get a job um, in an advertising company, Nathan. Uh, You've told <laughs> me many times over what an event it is. So look, I, I want to thank you both enormously. I, I would love you both to each leave a parting comment to people who have great concerns about cancer, because it's... It's so much on the on the front of, of many people's minds. I know before we kicked off, I I did um, raise uh, the issue. I, I was uh, approached by the vaccinologist and immunologist, Kev Van der Bosch, a couple of days ago, because he's been pulling together a lot of data um, that we're just actually releasing tonight, um, uh, which points to the fact that um, there are many many environmental causes for increasing rates of cancer. And one of them appears to be related to this um, specific uh, elevation of one particular immunoglobulin, IgG4, that's normally the least common um, IgG um, uh, protein. Um, Hence, it's IgG4, not IgG1. Um, But what we're seeing in very vaccinated populations, this is now well reported in the mainstream media, it is elevated, and it's elevated specifically in highly vaccinated populations. And what we see with people who have high IgG4, which normally only occurs where you have really persistent infection, um, is that um, people who are heavily COVID-19 vaccinated have those high levels. And and obviously, the prime concern is that with those high levels, the um, cancer-protective response of our bodies is massively downregulated and our ability to distinguish between self and non-self also dramatically changes so they're associated with with um, autoimmune flare-ups so these very very aggressive cancers what we're seeing reported amongst integrative clinicians the very same groups of people around the world who are also reporting successes of early treatments including the use of ivermectin um, who were then shut down are now saying we are seeing complete you know flare-ups of cancer and of autoimmune diseases who in patients who were previously managing their cancer or were in full remission with cancer or were not in um, regular flare-ups with their autoimmune disease, so it, it kind of shows you how live this this whole area is. And I'm just throwing that as my parting comment into the mix. Um, Sylvie, um, some words of wisdom. Um, what can you offer people?
1: Well, you know, as a segue of what you just said, I think uh, there is a need more than ever. For natural solutions, and uh, but not sol- uh, not any natural solutions. It's not just because something is natural that is it's going to to help or be good. You need you want natural solutions backed by science, and for economic reasons, there are not so many of them. So it is really worth doing the research and finding them, and that's only that way that you will uh, break the cycle of uh, getting sick by treatments and then looking, getting back for more treatments uh, as if this is going to, to, to make a change. So uh, doing the same thing again and again is the definition of, ins- and hoping for different reasons is a defini- definition of insanity. So break the cycle and look for natural solutions backed by good science. They do exist
2: exactly uh, f- amazingly, showing you how how our minds are aligned. I use that exact quote the, the quote that is misattributed often to Einstein, um, but it's a very meaningful quote um, in in my commentary on Geert Van der Bosch's article, which is basically warning people not to be excessively vaccinated. So um, thank you so much, Sylvie and Nathan, what what can you offer us?
0: Yeah, I mean, you opened a big can of worms there. I I almost wanted to spend another hour just talking about this because, you know, um, I looked up that uh, the study that's in PubMed, uh, the paper that talks about the IgG4 increase among the vaccinated. A couple things uh, that they talk about is number one that they only see it among the mRNA vaccines; they don't see it among the other ones. So that's kind of interesting. Um, But, I mean, I'll read you right from the paper. I'll read our audience. You know, they can look this up themselves. The paper's titled, IgG4 antibodies induced by repeated vaccination may generate immune tolerance to the SARS-CoV-2 spike protein. And I do encourage people to go read this, but one of the conclusions that they have come to in reviewing the data is increased IgG4 levels induced by repeated vaccination could lead to autoimmune myocarditis. It has been suggested that IgG4 antibodies can also cause an autoimmune reaction by, imp- by impeding the immune system's ability to be suppressed by regulatory T cells. And the short of that in relationship to cancers, we do know there's plenty of science that shows that increase in IgG4 elevation in the blood is directly associated with increase of multiple forms of cancer. But what's happening there, you know, the mechanism as it's impending, it's impeding the body's own immune system's ability to directly target and destroy these cancer cells. And that's what we need T cells for and NK cells, natural killer cells. Um, That's what our immune system is doing. And so if our IgG4 levels are elevated and it's causing... Inflammation, which is what myocarditis is, now the body has to put all its resources towards helping to reduce that inflammation and it's opening up the environment. You know, what we teach through my work and my books and my companies and all that is how to create the anti cancer terrain in your body. Because if you have a terrain, an environment inside your body that is conducive to cancer, well, cancer is likely to take over. But if you create an environment, that is not conducive to cancer, That's inhospitable to cancer, well, then that cancer has a really hard time taking root inside your body. And one of the core underlying causes of cancer is chronic inflammation. And so if something is inducing chronic inflammation, myocarditis, inflammation of the um, cardiovascular system, then you are literally creating an environment that allows cancer to take over. And so no wonder many of the doctors i've talked to as well robert um have many i mean i've heard this from quite a few who said i'm seeing cancers now growing rapidly and it you know they're calling them turbo cancers it's like they they had stage one and they got the vaccine and like a you know couple shots of the vaccine and two months later that's like rapidly progresses stage three or stage four when it was a slow progressing cancer or they say I'm seeing cancers at rates I've never seen before, and and it's almost always in their vaccinated patients. Now, those are anecdotes. There's no science, you know, saying, "Hey, this is what caused it." But what we're seeing with this paper, and I'm sure more to follow, is that you know it this could be inducing uh, cancer at rates uh, that we've never seen before. And so, what I want to finish with on that um, is, even though that's scary. There is a lot of hope. There's always hope and there's always things we can do. There's always things we can do to reduce the inflammation in our bodies. There are always things we can do to help detox the things out of our bodies that are causing these underlying conditions. Dr. Peter McCullough is publishing a paper right now as we speak on a natural solution that they have found working to detox the spike protein from the vaccines out of the body. This is, you know, it's all natural based. They're saying it's working wonderfully. Um, It's being reviewed now and hopefully gets published. Um, I've already done a video about it. He's done videos about it. So, and there's no harm from it, but there are so many things that we can do. That's what people will learn at the conference is number one, always have hope. You know, as much fear as there is out there and as much concern as there is, we do need to be concerned, but we also need to be proactive and say, hey, you know what? This is a problem. Let me go and learn from the best people and how to solve this problem because the solutions are there. They are available and and you will learn them
2: if you decide to do that. Fantastic. Well, look, I, I think we've um, left it to the to the end to drop a kind of bomb. But um, Sylvie, I think your father would be pleased and proud of us for having done it, because um, some of the things that society doesn't want us to speak about are very, very necessary to talk about, because that's how we find solutions. Nearly all the, the big solutions, Nathan, you and I touched on this the other night, that it involves going beyond the the known into the unknown and so um yeah we need to explore those areas however uncomfortable it might make certain corporate sectors or the revolving doors between them and the regulators feel so uh, thank you for for speaking naturally about it it's been amazing having you both on i'm massively looking forward to october um and meeting you both in person And um, thank you for the incredible work that Beljansky Foundation is doing. Um, Nathan, your work is amazing, reaches so many people. um, And um, together, I believe we will be making a difference. So thank you so much.
1: Thank you very much.
2: Thank you, Robert. Thank Thank you.